This is episode 219 of IDRA Class Notes. For us being in the pandemic, it felt like something smooth into ascension because also not everyone went into that dorm life. Some people stayed on computer during Zoom. And so, you know, for us, it felt more like a baby step, kind of like you're going into the baby pool first before you go into the deeper side of the pool. I just like to see the positive in it and that at least it felt smoother for me to go and transition from one school into like a totally different school life, both academically and socially. Welcome to IDRA's Class Notes podcast. I am Dr. Stephanie Garcia, an IDRA education associate. Today, you're going to hear from part two from our first podcast, where we have special guests, Isela Herrera and Adriana Cortez. And, you know, we're just we're just coming together and having a conversation, really learning and drawing from the student experience is really important to us. Isela is a former CSO and still a CSO, a chief science officer, alumni member, our IDRA STEM intern, Adriana, really two young women of color who are pursuing STEM, making a difference in their communities. Isela being now a sophomore at the university level and Adriana a senior, a local senior here in San Antonio, Texas. So again, thanks for coming back, Isela, Adriana, for, for part two. And I know if they want to get to know you a little bit more, they got to listen to part one. But I know last time we got to talk, you shared a lot about your journeys in high school. You talked a little bit about your endorsements, your experiences as females in like a STEM world and just some challenges that you've navigated through. And then, of course, the Chief Science Officer program is an out-of-school time program for grades 6 through 12, and it's really an in-person, year-long program. However, Isela, your last year of being a Chief Science Officer at the high school level anyway, it was during 2020, right? And so everything shifted. You were a senior in high school in 2020, about to graduate, about to go on to university, and you were a chief science officer. Talk about your experiences so we can learn more about that. Yeah, totally. So I was not aware a lot about what the chief science officer had to bring up whenever I first joined. I was pretty much told, hey, it looks good on your resume. We need someone to fill up the spot at the very last minute. And I was like, well, Two days of school is a lot. Mind you, this is like senior year. So like two days of behind work feels like a lot, especially in STEM, um, especially if it's on last notice also. But they told me it was good on my resume. So my, my teachers really recommended it. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And what I've gotten most out of the chief science officers program is just, you know, looking at everyone's leadership skills and being able to communicate with them as well as like teamwork building and all this type of stuff. Because I've always been a firm believer myself that really you could be the best person in your field and you could have, you know, the most awards and all this and that. But if you don't have the networking and if you don't know how to connect with others in the workforce, then nothing's really going to happen. And so for me, it was just amazing to be able to connect with all these CSOs from 
from Texas and like specifically San Antonio, which is what at the time we were mainly focusing on, but we are expanding. And, you know, there was the cohort in Houston as well, which was really cool. But then the pandemic hit in the springtime. But during the pandemic, I was able to also talk to a lot of the people outside of Texas, whether that be all throughout the United States or, you know, CSO Mexico. And so those were some of my favorite times being part of a CSO because it made me realize like, hey, it's not just me who's like struggling or, you know, or is in love with STEM. It's such a big community of people and, you know, and having that easy gateway to just talk to them was such an amazing experience. Yeah. And you were really good at it too. I must say, like thinking about all these experiences where I was able to see you lead like in webinars with people and you were able to co-author some articles to share your experiences and and thinking about how the chief science officer program is an international program really during COVID, right? We were leaning in more towards the virtual platforms and meeting with people that maybe we never met before or had discussions with prior to COVID, right? Like we didn't have that time to collaborate too much with other regions. So seeing you know, and learning from other chief science officers and their cultures and just having that one thing in common about being passionate about STEM and making a difference. I just saw you really thriving with that. And I know, Adriana, you you and your own capacities are doing a lot with networking and leading at your campus. It's really important, isn't it? Yes, it is very important just to kind of build a foundation for when you go and you grow more as a person. But I kind of have a question for Isela. When you were virtual, you know, it felt like at first everything was shutting down and it wasn't fair. But as the year went on, did you find that you benefited from it and you got more experiences and networks virtually than you would in person? That's a really good question. I really wouldn't be able to have an answer for you, obviously, because I am never going to be able to see what would have happened if I was in person. And so I can't weigh those two things equally. I will say, though, that things happen for a reason. And so I'm really glad that nothing happened health-wise to my family. I know a lot of people suffered through COVID, so I'm not being thankful that the pandemic happened. I'm just thankful of the opportunities that were given to me and it helped me, you know, better manage myself and just be more realistic about what goals come in our way because oftentimes, you know, especially senior year, we have these really high goals for ourselves and nothing's wrong with that, obviously, but we also have to remember to have a backup plan because we never know when something's going to happen. And so now I know always to, you know, be prepared for any things that happen last minute or, you know, something that always might end up wrong or something, and how can I better prepare myself, or how can I get the most out of the situation that is happening in front of my own eyes? That's really good, because you got to think about how that skill, that life skill, that workforce skill of being adaptable in all circumstances, you really got practice of that, didn't you? You really showed yourself, you know, and how skilled you are in that area, and how you were really an encourager to our whole student body of all of our chief science officers. You've always been 
so encouraging to the others in this community and always giving them really creative ideas to think outside the box of what we're always used to, right? We had to really think outside the box and get really creative with action plans and projects that students are doing in their school community to enrich a STEM culture. And you were just always just so encouraging with that, really adaptable and, you know, offered some really great advice and mentorship. And again, as a senior going through that and then transitioning to the university life as a first gen. Tell us about that for a second, because I feel like there's a lot of lessons learned from that. A lot of really great things we could draw on from that experience. I think when I look back at the experience that I had, I often think about one of my English teachers or one of my writing professors that I had in the past year. And it was simply that being in the pandemic, during university felt very, very much like a stepping stone from high school to university in person. Because oftentimes it feels like a 180 because obviously you're not being babied in university. You're not being told about certain deadlines and stuff. And so for us being in the pandemic, it felt like something smooth into ascension because also not everyone went into that dorm life some people stayed, I mean, on computer during Zoom. And so, you know, for us, it felt like a natural guideline. It felt more like a baby step, kind of like you're going into the baby pool first before you go into the deeper side of the pool. And so that's something that I'm thankful for, even though that some people might think, oh, well, I lost my first year of university or, or such. I just like to see the positive in it and that at least it felt smoother for me to go transition from one school into like a totally different school life and environment, both academically and socially. That's really good. That's really, I never, ever thought of it that way, but it makes complete sense. And I think it took a while, right, for you to have the on-campus experience. Like when did that start for you? Was it just this past, like the end of your freshman year or the beginning of your sophomore year? Well, it started the beginning of my sophomore year. And even then, UTSA for the first three weeks was online. The organization I'm part of right now, we would meet up still in person because UTSA never specified like, oh, organizations can't be in person during the first three weeks. And so ultimately, as the executive board, we all talked and we were like, no, like it's time. Like we, we all desperately need to just try to be back in person and stuff. So... I, I didn't step into campus until like a Friday at like 5 p.m. But it felt amazing just, you know, being part of a community and then eventually, you know, finally going to classes and stuff that felt even more amazing. I don't know. I guess it's just there was something that I still longed for. And now that I was able to have it, you know, it was so nice to just be back. It's not obviously the same as it was before. But I'm just glad that I even have it to begin with rather than to be back in Zoom. I bet it's nice to like be able to actually see people when you're in your classes and ask for help when needed. Yes. Just being in person, personally, just it feels more like a school than it did virtually. It, it totally does. And then also I'm able to befriend my classmates better now. I didn't really friend classmates last year just because, I mean, we were all on Zoom. So it's really hard to like communicate with someone. 
So mainly all of my friends came from being part of an organization last year. But this time I'm able to talk to classmates and be like, oh, like, I remember you or like, oh, wait, no, we're part of the organization. And so, you know, just being able to have that friend group and then just bumping into them afterwards, you know, because you just walk around after your class is over and you want to study and you'll bump into someone and it'll be someone from either elementary or like all this other stuff. And I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen you in forever. How are you? And it's nice finally seeing people's faces again and being able to socialize. And I'm really glad, you know, finally being able to be back in person at the end of the day. After hearing your story and just seeing how you faced all these challenges and you keep going and you're just so full of like life and your personality is very positive and it's just nice to see how you looked at your experiences in a positive way rather than thinking about them negatively. So with that being said, do you have any advice for other students who might be going through what you're going through or like me about to graduate high school going into university what resources or supporting systems that helped you so for other students cso's non-cso's alike i'd like to always remember to look into the positive of things i'm not always automatically chipper because i certainly was not chipper the second i found out that we weren't going to go back in person my senior year but I think, obviously, as time goes on, try to look into the little positive bits of things because that's what keeps me sane at the end of the day rather than focusing on what's negative. I guess just always see the, the glass half full rather than half empty. As for resources, especially for any upcoming seniors or you know incoming freshmen coming into like university life or anything like that, look at your resources around you whether it be a college and cure center at your local school or even just a simple friend or member in your family that you might know that also has similar experiences, take those opportunities that are given to you because you never know what might come off of it. Obviously, there's a lot of opportunities now that more first-gen people are coming into these schools, you know, and trying to help each other out, you know. So befriend people that are like you that you'd like to see yourself being pushed also by. I could see a lot in Adriana, you know, being the only female in her engineering program, you know, and that pushes me a lot too to, you know, try to be better. And, you know, always remember to keep looking forward because even if you might be the only one right now, there's many other people around you just because it's earth. I mean, there's so many people around you. There's so many people outside of your own world that you might not even be aware of, you know. So having someone to look up to, even if that might be a mentor also, you know, our CSO program has so many amazing mentors and we always talk to so many amazing people doing their dream job in their career. And so, you know, always be in the lookout for that. For any teachers or education leaders, be those mentors for those students, you know, obviously try your best to look out for each and every one of your individual students or anyone that you might know. Even if you might not be much help of them, you know, even just providing something as a small bit of advice that can really help a student in the long run. And then as for families, if I could tell anything to families of first generation, just try to understand or empathize as best with, you know, your family members who might be going through something that you might not really know much of because you hadn't had those experiences. 
obviously just try to emphasize and understand his communication can go a long way in a first-gen household. That's solid advice. As a first-gen myself, I echo that that empathy goes a long way. And just having somebody that will listen and just be a listening ear, that's also very therapeutic <laughs> because there's a lot of challenges that we especially face as first-gen transitioning and persisting through college. So wonderful advice. Thank you so much for sharing the importance of resources, of mentorships, and you know how those relations can really offer that support that's needed and give you a sense of belonging, I guess you could say too, right, in school and in a new place. So great job. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. And um, we're really looking forward to following your journey, seeing what Isel is up to, maybe even following up with Adriana. Hey, how do you how do you feel as a graduate of high school going off to college? That conversation's gonna happen very soon. I'm so excited to have that conversation and follow up with both of you soon. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to today's podcast. If you're interested in learning more about the Texas Chief Science Officers Program and how this is an international network that seeks to support students as they pursue STEM and really just help develop the leadership capacities and critical thinking skills and everything that's important for their future college and career journeys up ahead, you can learn more about that at our website. You can also look at some educator resources that we have at IDRA EXL's website at www.idra.org. You can just go there and it'll launch you to our EXL website as well as our chief science officer website. And you can also just take a look at this podcast show notes for any links and resources we may have mentioned in today's podcast or to other related content. And take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.